Welcome to another episode of Hibernate in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. Ward. And Steve. We've got a new soundboard for sound effects for the, the podcast today, so I thought I'd give it a whirl. Sure. That was definitely a soundboard. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> and not uh, not real-life opening beverages. No, never. No, we, would, we were professionals. <laughs> I think I think it was Mike that laughs the hardest every time we say that. Yes. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's not here. Oh, guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's not fucking Eeyore, man. <laughs> that was actually, though, pretty, pretty accurate, I think. <laughs> there is a deep sigh involved. Yeah, usually that's true. There is a deep sigh. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like your sigh wasn't deep enough, though. Exasperation. Uh, no. Sorry. I can't help you with that. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's sad. Um, oh, fuck. All right, let's move on. Uh, what have you been working on this week, Steve? Uh, not a huge amount compared to the pre-LVO, uh, pre-California trip stuff, but I did get Amabilia done. Um, which What's is, an Amabilia? It's a Dark Age miniature. It's one of it's the faction's main named character leader person. Okay, cool. Big yeah, so. ogre chick with spiders. Yeah, kind of. She likes the spiders. She loves the spiders. They're not, loves them. They're not real spiders. They're alien spiders from another planet. They only have one eye, and they're way more terrifying because they're like the size of a, a large dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they're they're bad news. That's a problem. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, it's a lot of fun to paint those models uh, because they are quite a bit bigger than your average. Uh, even a th- they're bigger than a thirty-two scale, uh, thirty-two millimeter scale model um, because they're supposed to be larger humanoids than your regular... Wait, so they're actually treating it like scale, where things that are supposed to be larger than other things actually are? 100%. The Dragiri are bigger than most of the humans. Alright, this is... I'm talking to you, weird. Be like them! Oh, does weird not do scale right? Oh, fuck, they're the worst. Really? I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, there's gremlins. Like, anytime a model's, like, crouching or bent over, it actually, if you extended their legs, they would be, like, eight feet tall. Oh, so they're sculpting them for aesthetic purposes and not anatomical purposes. Because I'm guessing they look better with the longer legs when they're bent over like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes the model, like, more... Substantial. Like, it's almost like the models are all in scale to be 32 mil, regardless of the orientation of the model. Okay, yeah. I, I can like almost that. see that as a game balancing thing to an extent, where they're like, well, just because this guy's crouching doesn't mean he should be easier to hide. Yeah, but the, all the, the rules but, don't even take the model into account. Well, never mind, then. I was going to say that's the same thing for this <laughs> game. They also don't take the model into account. You have a model size. Uh, yeah, all value. terrain, all models have heights. Like yeah, it's like really, really old. Yeah. That's exactly the same. Like what, fourth then? Fifth then? Uh, no, bef- uh, where it had the terrain classifications, like yeah. the different like infinitely high trees. Like, Height to area fourth. terrain, go. Yeah, that Pretty was sure fourth, that was I think. fourth with infinite high force. That was like a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's not sad ago. at all. Because I think third came out in 98. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easily a decade ago. <laughs> if not more. <laughs> all right. So actually, it was closer to like 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. 
Yeah. Okay. Now that we're all moving sad. on. So that's all I did this week. I, paint, I put together some miniatures too. But cool. the painting was just the one. How about you, Ward? There you go. Uh, I have finished completely cleaning all of the Battletech models that I currently own. Yay! Does this mean you're going to put some together? Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not Remember, get ahead of ourselves. Tom, there's plenty of other miniatures to clean up. <laughs> I've got lots. Man, I need to thank you. Like, that Infinity model you gave me for the mini swap. Um, on the bag, it said, like, cleaned. And I was like, yeah! Oh, shit, I cleaned it for you. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> I had nothing that I had to do other than put it together and paint it. <laughs> there you go. Bonus. Nothing you had to do other than doing most of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, but the stuff that I hate is, like, cleaning old pewter models. Yeah, fair enough. So, with you on that. Oh, and yeah, it was, it was cleaned quite nicely. I didn't even realize that I cleaned that model yet, so. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I like it how you label things. I have like a you're system, okay? In an automotive shop, <laughs> like, you're taking things apart, you label It was, like, written on size. the little bag with a Sharpie. Yeah, that's totally, that it was like, cleaned. Yeah. full-on building a car level. And, and all the bits for individual models are in individual baggies, so, like, all the Battletech ones are... You really take your plastic crack seriously. <clears throat> I do. I do. It's I'm surprisingly somewhat organized at home, I'm going to say. So I feel like you should bad. with like cabinets and drawers and I don't I don't want to rag on this but I feel like you should just you know direct your attention fifty percent to that and fifty percent to painting I am Split doing a little bit because I did do some painting oh okay okay uh, so the uh, drop zone commander clusters that we picked or that I picked up at LVO you're talking about the the wreck buildings no clusters what do you mean by clusters so there's sectors or like the like cities the military outposts oh for drop fleet <clears throat> and then the cluster itself like holds yeah. two or three depending yeah. four depending on like the size and the scenario involved gotcha. and everything like that so those pieces themselves I uh, I painted some like targeting stuff and grays and that sort of thing so oh that's a little different so I'm just finishing um, doing some black lining on it to basically bring out a little bit more of the details and make it pop a little bit better. So hmm. once so these that's are, done, I don't I don't know what these are in my head. I know the little cities you're talking about. Yeah, this holds the cities. Oh, I didn't know that was even a thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So are they like actually sculpted miniatures? It's, it, no, it's just a, like a sheet of like MDF, and basically like there's targeting targeting lines and like little circles and squares and like, oh, lines across it. Oh, so. I see. Okay. So when and you spray it, holes. Black, you'd want to paint it for those. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. Okay. I see. So. Makes you know sense. what I'm talking about, right? Exactly, but it's just way more fun to watch you fumble through a talking <laughs> Steve. <laughs> I, I did not know this was a thing. I thought hey, the city's Steve, just guess, that place. I'm with you, guess, Steve. I had no idea what we're talking about. Guess, guess what? It's on the, our Facebook page. Oh, that's the internet I hear yeah. about. <laughs> I've heard about this invention. You gotta <laughs> open up your end of the tube, Steve. <laughs> and always keep my tube closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's much safer that way. It is a lot safer that way. You don't want to get grime in your pipes. <laughs> yeah, then do not Google search Battletech. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, and then, uh, and then I started doing some uh, Zenithal highlights on the actual like uh, sectors themselves. Nice. So I'm gonna try to finish those off. Nice. Hopefully next weekend. So when we get together at uh, the paint night on next Thursday. Is that, that next Thursday? Be, yeah, yeah, should be next Thursday. Which I thought was this Thursday. That's why I said like this week is busy for me and such. Oh. So that's why. It's a good thing you guys are discussing your plans on our podcast. Yeah, we've just so. really what are you taken about professionalism. For dinner? <laughs> um, are you well, I, I'm often a fan of getting photo taunt, James. Oh yes, absolutely, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was my okay. weekend hobby. Anyway, moving too. on, Dan. How about you? 
the only painting I was doing this week was actually blocking out um, and doing all the base coating for trying to get the rest of the Battletech miniatures that I had airbrushed, like the airbrush base coat, trying to get all the other colors blocked out on them. Nice. Which is not the most exciting thing in the world, but Hell no. you're not speed painting these like the stuff you did for the John Long challenge. These are the like the actual no. These are nice these ones. are the actual ones that are getting like the proper four or five highlights. The actual nice ones is a yeah, nice cockpit lens and OSL style glowy nice. laser lenses and PPCs and stuff like that. So do they have all their individual baggies labeled clean when you put them in? Well, I don't clean them before building them. I clean them while building them, and then that model gets primed. Uh, that seems really intelligent, but let's move on. That's that's how I do it. <laughs> uh, uh, just before we go any further, did you guys play a fully painted game? Dan, <laughs> one of my models, Damn it, Dan! one of my models just had the model itself just had like the base coat and xenophil highlight, and the base was fully painted. But that model now has all the other colors base coated. You were three color legal. Yeah, yeah, it, like technically <laughs> yes, three color minimum. But there was probably like fifteen colors used just on the base. So it's, yeah. like, it's like the shame scene. <laughs> we can just chant that at Dan. Shame. 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 Yeah. But, but, but my Warhammer was a little embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. So. Yeah. But he didn't, His he Warhammer was not painted. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. I guess that's a thing. I guess that is, in fact, a thing we're talking about. The name of the mech is a Warhammer, if anybody was not yeah. familiar <laughs> with Battletech. Warhammer 6R. Yeah. Of course. To be fair, Steve, I think the only one that is listening to this that doesn't know what's going on is you. I know a little bit about Battletech. I know there's a Timberwolf that I really like. I think that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Com- yeah, there's new ones available right I away. Know, I saw them. And it's good. Might actually have to pick some of those oh! up. <laughs> yes! They look re- I'm getting a couple. I, might, thing, I might get them. I want to get this new one, but I'm like, I do have six Timberwolves at home. Six of like, the MechWarrior Online ones, plus one Ooh. of the old ones. So like, Ooh. I've got a lot, but... I don't have this specific one. That's true. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways. You're not a completionist yeah. unless you get Welcome it. to our Battletech podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea. We were pretty hardcore to the Battletech last week as well. So, so are we moving on to yours? Yeah, may as well. Okay. Um, I, we didn't ask Dan if you got anything else done. No, I was just, just uh, doing, trying to get, again, trying to get all the models that are airbrushed to be that, like, fully blocked out and base coated so I can just do details. Nice. So, Tom. Um, well, I guess for me, I uh, blocked out some more colors on my mechs, and yeah. then I... What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I asked this regularly on the podcast. <laughs> and then I started working on my UCM drop fleet. Nice. And yeah. I got three cruisers finished. I saw those on the Facebooks, and they looked good. Thank you. I did actually check the Facebooks. And then, and then I got but the... But you didn't see my stuff. No. Because no one Summer. cared about your stuff. I've probably checked it before you finish. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, so then I've also got the rest of my, I think it's 12 frigates and another two cruisers. Um, the base coats are done, and they're, they're gloss-coated and ready to do some panel lines. Nice. And I actually picked up the um, the Tamiya uh, panel liner oil wash. That's a thing? So you know those oil washes yeah. that are kind of a pain in the dick to yeah, make? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, to me it makes pre-mix. like a pre-mixed, and it's like black or brown. Okay, bit of a tangent. Where do you get those? Uh, Comex Hobby, Hobby Wholesale. You're kidding me. And it's, anywhere that and sells it's called Tamiya. Panel Liner? Yeah, it's called Panel Liner. It comes in like a little squarish looking. And the best part is, because that shit's really hard on your brushes, it actually has an applicator in the cap. I feel like we should buy some and like do a... Uh, 
We'll do like a proper segment yes, on this at yes. some point. But it like, exploded my God mind. damn, it is nice. So I had no idea that existed, existed in nature. So yeah. in between that and using pigment washes and then like a wet Q-tip to like remove it from everywhere but the panels, I don't think we're going to be manually painting panel lines for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. hell no. This is amazing because that Forge World um, Night Calyx or Calyx Automaton or whatever it's called, I can never remember the name, I need to do a whole boatload of panel lining. And rivet lining, the, like the little rivety things that I hate yep. doing, the little wash around that. You don't want to get the coffee stain thing going on. So I think what we're going to do is oh. we're, we're going to like put a pin in this for now because I feel that we could do an actual segment on panel lining later. Once we've actually used it? Yeah. Once we've had a little more practice with these things. and But either way, it's like $9. Oh. And, and it's it a big sense. fucking jar. And I'm guessing it's just the like give it a dusting of satin or gloss varnish. It's because yeah. you know you don't. It helps the paint flow a little bit better, and it also prevents any of the thinner from eating into your acrylics. Yeah. Pro tip: GW Art Coat, amazing. Do they still make that? Uh, if they the, in the cans. If they don't, I have two, so it's pretty sweet. <laughs> um. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, so there. So I started working on that. I got the the three done. And I'm hoping that I've got some time between now and Sunday to finish up at least my 500-point fleet, because there is the, the first day of the Escalation Drop Fleet League happening. Oh, I should probably maybe work on that. Do you have Drop Fleet models? Yeah, I, yeah, I, should, I, I need to pick some up. I'm not sure if I want to do PHR. I'm still waffling oh. between... Go to Mission, because I actually have some in stock. I'm, I'm waffling between UCM and uh, PHR. Go to Mission tomorrow. And I'm also I'm also waffling with Sh- uh, Sheltari too because I have Sheltari for Drop Zone, but I don't like their models. I think you could make the models look good. Yeah, there's the guy with the um, LEDs at LVO uh, that had like the fiber optics through the barrel of the Sheltari battleships, and it looked amazing. That does yeah. sound pretty sick. Andrew, yeah. Andrew did a good job with that one. So, but that's that's them. Oh yeah, makes sense. Anyway, so Andrew, that was basically it for me. Um, other hobby time's been organizing my house like an adult. Uh, that's required. Sounds lame. So, all right. Well, uh, moving on to shut up and take my money. Steve, what do you got? Panel liner. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, you do. Um, Fuck yeah. <laughs> in other actual shut up and take my money, uh, I haven't picked up uh, Gathering Storm Part Three yet. Ooh. Okay. That. Um, yeah. Models? Is it the models Triumvirate or the book? The book. The I, Primark. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to pick up the uh, models. Because I don't really care about the Grey Knights character. Um, right. I mean, and I Cypher's a cool model, but I actually don't like the reboot Girly Man that much. I like the Forge World one better, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, the the sculpt's great, don't get me wrong. The the GW one is a, is a nice model, but I don't like all of the Age of Sigmar-esque uh, trim on the armor. Like, it's got a lot of like, yeah. the weird swirly kind of things going on. That I'm just not a fan of. I think the the Forge World one is yep. much nicer. Well, there's, there's a lot of people that'll agree with that. Is that as Games Workshop tries to release plastic kits of already existing Forge World models, unless they knock it out of the fucking park, it's always going to be substandard. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think this model's good, and I think it follows uh, very strong design language from the way that GW is doing their plastic kits. Absolutely. It fits in with the line. But there's a Forge World one that already exists, and yeah. it's going to be better. And I, it's going to have more detail, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think they're also going to do the typical uh, resin has more detail thing. Yeah. Um, so they can get away with that cleaner look, because they can embellish like the the filigree on all the Primarchs. It doesn't have to be that like raised... Uh, very elaborate sort of trim pattern going on. They can do like actual hammered in artisan style filigree, which is a little different. So anyways, that's a total different tangent. 
Gallery Storm Part 3 is my shut up and take my money. Wardo? I think I want to give Warsnell a bunch of money right now. Again? Um, uh, I only ordered from them once for like a bunch of like tokens for Infinity. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Dean did a whole bunch of What do you want now? No, 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 no. Uh, for th- for them, the garage. I'm, I'm interested in like a bunch of their buildings actually right now. So yeah. what game? Uh, Infinity slash Dark Age. You can use them kind of for both. They actually have some stuff specifically for Dark Age yep. uh, that I'd be interested in. So, temp uh, token or yeah, tokens and templates for that system, as well as yeah, some just kind of blown up buildings and debris and junked cars and that sort of thing. Yeah, we need to do that because the the terrain for um, Dark Age is definitely like sci-fi Mad Max kind of style terrain. So. We don't have a ton of that, really, I think, between all Does of us. Does it need flying noodle shops? Sure. Because that's where also some of my money has to go. Yeah, Knights of Dice is going to be a thing. Really? They're yeah. expanding their, like, Blade runner style like, dystopian sci-fi stuff. So they have including that on the, Facebook, I saw Including, like, ago. the flying little ramen shop, like, you know, weird... It looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Fifth I Element style thing. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, the art deco sci-fi stuff they got going on. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook a while ago when they were doing like the, the prototype. When they were just starting to come out, yeah, in February. So yeah, Yeah. they're starting to release more and more info for that, and hopefully those things actually hit the online store before too long. They they do have some. Give me a little bit of time to save up some money. Yeah, they do have some (laughs) of their basic buildings, uh, or I say basic buildings, but some of their so basic starter sci-fi Blade Runner uh, esque buildings. Uh, already on their site, but they're talking about like releasing more and doing like bundles and that sort of thing. So, waiting <laughs> if you're a little bit patient, you can. I think it'll pay off for sure. So, but yeah, that's the thing. Sweet, the little noodle shop for sure. The noodle shop floating, floating. And the shop. really nice thing here is that we've got this is not a test. We've got I guess Dark Age, Infinity, whatever else. There's more yeah. games that we're all getting into and playing that can use that style terrain. Which, yeah. frankly, a year ago. Looking at it, it was like these these buildings are amazing. What the fuck are we gonna ever use them for? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're not big enough. For Comically K, oversized you know? battle tech scenery. I'm in. Very much so. Where the mechs can walk through a front door. Yeah, <laughs> the houses for the mechs. Could you imagine? It's just like in my mind, the the backstory there is like some kind of a villain in the battle tech universe that I don't know about has developed like a shrink ray. <laughs> And then shrinks all the mechs. It's not any crazier than a lot of battle stuff. Stefan Amaris would have done that. Sure. (laughs) Is that a a person? That's even deeper than Dan goes. No, that's just like that. That was like the Civil War before Kerensky left. Oh, so that's (laughs) told you long, long time ago. Yeah, that's like starting far away. Yes, that's that's going way back. Okay, you picking up buildings? You're picking up buildings for Dark Age. Probably good, Dan. What's your shop taking money? The only thing I could really think of was the Flying Little Ramen Shop, because I haven't been in big hobby spending mode, because I've been, like I said last little while, like trying to look at listings for a new place, so... Yeah, houses are not as fun as hobby. Yeah, they're a lot more expensive. Let's get a hobby in the house. Well, I, Which that's, will, that's the I goal. be the plan, for sure. However, right? in the meantime, that's kind of where my money needs to be going. Oh, speaking of houses we're hobbying in, uh, there was a listing that came up in Calgary for a, like, five million dollar house oh sure that had a full uh hobby dungeon like dungeon like decorated as if it was a dungeon with a six by eight helms deep like crazy well done table like in a huge room in the basement with like racks for terrain that kind of stuff it was 
a little weird. I have a feeling someone's going to buy that house, take out the gaming stuff, oh, and yeah. put in much creepier shit. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's going to get a lot darker. Yeah. There's two ways that can go. Let's <laughs> just say it'll be a sex swing. Po- the point is, is the place was the craziest nerd dungeon I've ever seen in my life, and whoever lived there had a lot of money and really liked Lord of the Rings. Oh. No kidding. Yeah, anyways. So that's how they kept selling those models. There's one guy in Calgary, apparently. Um, <laughs> possibly. Like, trying to actually get enough models to recreate the Helm's Deep scenes and stuff. Yeah. But I'll see if I can find the listing so you can pick it up uh, for your house. Ten. Awesome. Yeah, I think I might have also had me. That's worth moving to Calgary for. <laughs> Just a Helm's Deep dungeon? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll totally be keeping the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you're going to go and buy a house with the intent of having a nerd room in there, you may as well go Helm's Deep. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. You got you got to go deep. <laughs> Thanks for just saying it again, Ward. Yeah, I mean, okay, Tom, what's your shut up, take my money? <laughs> Honestly, it was the panel liner. It was really great. Um, and I guess a battleship for my UCM. Ooh. What? Which one? Is there multiples? No. Well, there's three, but it's one kid. Gotcha. So okay. he's got to choose which variant he's going. Yeah, I, I thought I was pretty sure that was the case that there was. Only one ship, multiple loadouts. Yeah, and two know. of the load. Here's the problem: there's two loadouts that you want, but one of those, t- but there's of the three total loadouts, only one of the ones that you want you could magnetize to also be another one, which is like basically three loadouts, two you want, but you could not magnetize them to be. Yeah, yeah. So that's sad for you. Yeah, no um, overlap in the Venn diagram. No, although like. Would it help if you had a bandsaw and magnets? Oh, <laughs> Just cut know. it in bits? I'd rather use a legal saw, to be honest. Oh, funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I guess the weirdest thing for me right now is that I was pretty resistant for a while for the drop fleet. Because um, I was still a little bit bitter that everyone was playing drop fleet and as soon as I And because they don't have resistance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but the models are really fucking fun to paint. Oh yeah, Ships they're really great. cool, and with that panel liner, it's a lot easier. Yeah, no, those miniatures are nice to paint because they're fast. That's what I like about them is you can put effort into certain details and not like have them take forever. Well, you got ten months to paint for LVO. I know, but maybe they're talking about Dark Age, well, and maybe I'll play that. I don't know. I, it's but you could probably do Drop Age or uh, drop Dark age? age and one of the Drop games. Drop Age. Yeah, I probably could. <laughs> And it's not like that would take up that much of a they case. You should probably just go ahead and do a crossover. Also, if who knows what day the events are going to be on, but if Dark Age is on a Sunday, probably or they Friday, got events probably going. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, well, who knows? If they're running one on Sunday, I can still play in the 40K event on Friday, Saturday, and then play Dark Age on Sunday, which would be sweet. Ooh. Yeah. So, who knows? I like. We'll figure that out once they release yeah, the Yeah, the schedule may make up your mind for you. Yeah, exactly. It's not too bad. I have so many games to choose from. So many activities. <laughs> so many activities. Yeah. Man, I just had the thought of, like, I would love... Bunk beds? Us. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a skirmish game set in the drop in the drop zone universe. Uh, that would be interesting. But the problem with that... Drop squad! Is... <laughs> <laughs> drop squad commander. Is, drop is, squad sounds like something you shouldn't do. <laughs> I'm just gonna drop a squad. <laughs> oh, 
yeah, yeah. go wrong. Spart- Spartan fucked it up majorly, <coughs> right? So yeah, okay, but here's the difference: Spartan fucks everything up majorly. Hawk does not. Mm-hmm. The the one thing I would say that Hawk's probably got going against it is uh, you have a completely different sculpting talent set required for doing that type of mission. Oh yeah, um, and it would require them to probably hire in a bunch of different artists. But could you imagine, like, actual 28 mil resistance and 28 mil Sheltari? Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Almost. without a doubt. Uh, it'd be cool. But I also feel like it's it's a hard sci-fi universe, so the firefights would be very brutal. So you'd yeah. be like, everybody's dead. First turn, if it was Good a game. bunch of machine gun fire. No, but if it's like a skirmish game that's very interactive with terrain, instead Maybe. of like a 40k where it's just everyone's dead. Like you basically just Infinity? Yeah, but with way better models. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Infinity I, models are pretty Infinity solid. Models are solid. But you could play with fucking hedgehogs! Ooh, I don't know if I, that's good either. Because they, no, but they have the, the sweet armor, right? They do have sweet armor. I was going to say, the hedgehog models themselves, like, artwork, is questionable at best. Uh, <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> but could you imagine 28 male hedgehogs in, like, exoskeleton... I can't, because I have no idea what they're supposed to look like. Uh, I okay, well, let, me, let me just put this phrase, the most intimidating um, commander in the Shaltari, like, uh, entire uh, military command, is Warchief Isis. scariest little bird man? Warchief Isis. And when you, when you hear that the first time, you're like, oh man, Warchief Isis must be a fucking boss. I will show you the photo after this, and you are going to laugh. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. Fair enough. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, okay, so I guess moving on to our first topic, I believe was Battletech, which is amazing, because I... <laughs> We've just become a Battletech podcast. Well, it's not even just that, and but I'm, like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna embrace the oh. tech. You just, you have to, right? Um, you, guys, you guys are stoked on it? We should call ourselves the Tech Deck. This is just now a new permanent <laughs> segment. We talk Battletech for one... One of our one and have it like loosely related to those shitty finger skateboards. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That's what you're talking about. I remember those, the finger skateboards, the yeah. tech decks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not get that reference initially. That's fair. <laughs> Very obscure. It's pretty obscure. Yeah. Um, oh man. Agree. But like, I just before we get into this, I'm thinking back. Uh, we're coming on what, like three years now? We've been doing this. Yeah. Holy I know. fuck. Yep. Um, almost, like, because we, I think we I think had, April. We April, when we went three down. years ago. And when we started, we mostly talked about, like, 40K, some fantasy, bit of War Machine, a little bit of Malifaux here and there. And here we are today, talking about, like, Battle Fleet, or Drop, fuck, this so, <laughs> Drop Zone Commander, Drop Fleet Commander. Drop Squad Commander. Drop Squad <laughs> Commander. Battletech, Dark Age, like... I'm still talking about 40k, just no one will listen anymore, <laughs> which is the weird part. <laughs> we used to not listen to Dad about Battletech, and now no one listens to me about all 40k. all full circle. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I, I don't know, I think it's really kind of an interesting um, kind of tracking what it is that our hobby time is going towards over the course of the last three years. The only person that's been remotely consistent during all of this, there's two. There's you, Steve, and you, Dan, <laughs> are the only ones that have been like yes. quite consistent as to what they're doing. Oh, you show me a model for a new game system, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, you I'm gonna clean that. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna clean that clean hard. Clean the crap out of it, and it'll be the and prettiest. Put it in a baggie and get the sharpies out. It'll be good. <laughs> and hobbying is so fun. <laughs> and then I'll give someone else that model. It's happened a few times. A couple times. Not gonna lie. So. <laughs> um, That's all right. But anyways, so 
this was my second game of Battletech ever. And it was actually pretty fun. Like, I know we we rip on the rules a lot, and I was totally bitching the whole time to Dan, because there's some <laughs> dumb stuff, like, minimum range is actually at that range. You start losing accuracy. Yeah. Instead of it being one above your minimum. Like, it's just the way it's worded. It's kind of weird. Um, and the fact that LRM's minimum range is six, but their entire short range band is seven. So they only really have, like, one hex where they're at optimal range. Really? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. That's Don't worry, just take clan LRMs. They weigh half as much, and they have no minimums. You'll be fine. Oh, that's why people don't like clans. Because they're kind No, of that's broken. one of the many reasons <laughs> people right. don't like clans. Strict reason was Slightly just Slightly broken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. Like, we, we, put, we took the mats from the starter set, but also put a few more pieces of train down. Just like some rocky outcroppings. I actually did see those photos, and they actually looked not bad. I had to take a second and be like, oh, they're playing Battletech with hexes. Because they had, like, the only reason that I noticed, actually, was the, the, like, the little lake. Yeah. It's clearly a hex lake. Yeah. Like, it's laid out in that. I was like, uh, okay, they're actually playing on a hex mat. I didn't realize that was still a thing. Yeah. Because the people we saw in Vegas were playing. Yeah, you, well, you can't play with inches. It's just lame. Oh, what okay. they were playing with was questionable to begin with. So you can play with inches, except that's why you play on the very small, like, condensed board. Is that the idea? Well, they were also playing 1v1s, so they didn't need a huge board. Okay, I, was, I wasn't sure if, like, you got the, the hex squares reduced down. That was well, kind of the depending idea. on, like, the maps that come in the starter set, um, the hexes are 30 mil, whereas a lot of the people that have their own, um, like, maps and stuff at home, they either have one and a half or two inch hexes, just so they can have a little bit more space, because the, if the models overhang the bases at all on those hexes, like, you can't place them properly. Mm. And when we're using a bunch of those 3D printed mechs where... They're bigger. Way <laughs> bigger. Yeah, the scale Gotcha. Like, Tom's Battlemaster was in melee with my Warhammer at one point, and it was like, you're, we're actually going to break each other's models trying to get them in base-to-base. Like, they are f- just slamming each other in the face, so... As mm. you do in Battletech, you slam them. Uh, whipped him with my Battlemaster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, I kind of feel like any of like any of the names of the mechs could be used to refer to your penis. There's like the Battlemaster, the Timberwolf, the Warhammer, Warhammer <laughs> Timberwolf. Really? The Unfortunately, the Flea's a little bit like... <laughs> a little diminutive. <laughs> a little depressing. <laughs> what is uh, in Anchorman when he refers to his uh, the octagon, the octagon, and Doctor Kenneth Noisewater? I can never one? remember the third one. The other one? Oh man! But those I was actually literally trying to remember that like two days ago. I was like, "What's his other testicle?" And if you're lucky, ladies, you might get to meet a whole gang. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I could not remember the other one. I could remember Doctor Kenneth Noisewater and the octagon. But. Moving back to Battletech. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I, to be fair, if I'm talking Battletech, it's not going to be entirely seriously because it's not. It's something that I have fun not taking too seriously. It's a weird balance. If I enjoy it, I enjoy the models. But it's one of those games we were talking a lot where I'm not going to have a Battletech tournament. That's Ever? not going to be a thing. Are you sure? Never say never. Well... You're playing Battletech. I would rather have, like, a campaign day. Sure, yeah, okay. I think a good segue here into talking about how we play the game is that there's not really a unified or particularly great way to build an army. Like, we used Battle Values, I yep. believe it's called. Absolutely. As you do. Um, but even then, they change depending on what era, I believe, is the distinction. Yeah, there's a Battle Value 
The original battle value was kind of retroactively referred to as 1.0. Then there was battle value 2. Then at some point when they were doing the master unit list website, they realized not all the mechs were using the formula properly. So they actually did some corrections and consistency work. Huh. So there's technically sort of like a 2.1 edition sort of a thing, but the masterunitlist.info website is actually pretty sweet because you can actually use it to look up um, just about any of the mechs. It'll tell you which eras they were available in, and it'll give you a table. So it's an army builder for, for Battletech. Yeah, it doesn't give you the full rules for that mech necessarily, but it will give you the eras that they're available, which factions can take them, and um, it gives you a chart for the gunnery skill and piloting skills because that affects your battle value. So if you have mm. a better pilot, the mech is worth more. And that's one of the only ways to really fudge if you're close. Like, Tom and I, we didn't... Uh, we played, like, approximately a 5,000 battle value game. But I think it that was, like... seems massive. It was, like... It was five mechs versus four. <laughs> okay. But, okay. like, the... We were about 150 points apart or whatever because I didn't realize that the Master Unit List website actually gives you the full chart for the different pilot skills. So you can be like, oh, I'm 200 points under. I can bump up the gunnery skill on one of my mechs. Okay. And it actually gives you that full chart of, like, you know, what... Like, you can just bump up one of the skills a little bit and go up a couple hundred points, that sort of a thing. Okay, so it's like the uh, Battlefleet Gothic commander values. Like, oh, I'm not able to quite make up my points. I have a points for 20 drop points. zone, drop fleet, a lot of those games all yeah. have the same thing, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the units don't... Like, if you're playing a 5,000-point game with five models, you're probably going to fall yeah. high or low. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because like it's, it's tough to make that work. You're not going to get bang on um, without some sort of modifications just because the bigger mechs are worth like up to or over 2,000 battle value for one big mech. And they're like, it would be like 1325 or something for a mech. Yeah, this is a great thing we can compare and contrast with another system later. Uh-huh. It's extremely granular just because like every piece of equipment in the game has a battle value associated with it, and then the multiplier based on the skill level of your pilot. So like every heat sink, every ton of ammo, every weapon, everything has a every ton of armor, it all factors into the battle value. That's where those very specific numbers come from. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So then the other thing that really struck me a lot with the game is how much heat you generated? No, we were actually pretty good with heat for the most part. Like the only thing that really sucked for me was my archer that just fucking sucked. Because it couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah, indirect fire is not accurate. <laughs> not at all. It wasn't even indirect firing for half of it. Half of it was just, like, shooting straight ahead and just still missing grossly. Remember that time you, like, hit a r- perfectly fresh locust and just blew the fuck out of it in one shot, though? <laughs> that was the only thing it did. And to be fair, it was already mostly dead. No, it was missing one arm. The thunderbolt had fucked it up quite a bit. It was only really hit on the one arm. Oh, yeah. It had the really fucked up arm, that's all. Fair yeah. enough. True story. <laughs> Anyways, so... <laughs> Ward and I are controlling... LRM 20 to the back of a light mech is a bad day. Usually. That. Usually for the light mech. <laughs> yeah. When they hit. Um, but the way... The one thing that was kind of exciting and shitty was when it comes down to, like, a 2d6 dice roll for everything you do. And, like, in War Machine, there's ways to modify it, you right? You can like, boost, you can charge, you can have spells, you can have feats for rerolls, you can have all kinds of things. Battletech? It's just all dice. It's just straight up 2d6. Like, you roll 2d6 to hit. You roll 2d6 for your location it's quite chart. A variance you roll 2d6. 2d6 to confirm criticals. You roll 2d6 for fucking everything. So is everything built around, like, 7 as an average kind of thing? Ish. Is that the idea? Sort of. System? Like, a standard a standard pilot, I believe, is 4 plus uh, for his gunnery skill and 5 plus for his piloting. And lower is better. Okay. And But there's modifiers. So, like, you're almost never getting a shot where you're not moving, your target's not moving, it's at short range. You don't get those very often. So a lot of the time, like, 
If you're firing at medium range, it's plus two to your target number. If your target moved a little bit, he'll be at like plus one. If you ran, it's plus two. Like gotcha. those numbers end up, you end up needing like nines or tens or elevens to hit like fairly. Commonly. I would say about eighty percent of the dice rolls we made had to be a nine or higher. And things start to get rowdy when you get into like if you are getting into melee and the models are they're not moving anymore. They're just wailing on each other while firing their torso weapons, basically. So, Those you start racking up damage really quickly. <laughs> so that's why when you post it up, turn three, still nothing dead. <laughs> if you need nines or tens to hit. Yeah, those opening, we, the entire first turn, we like, a good chunk of our weapons all fired, and I don't think there was a single hit in the first turn. Nice. Yeah. And, it, and honestly, like, that missiles go wide, PPCs the, go wide, more missiles go wide. Yeah, we yeah, and there rolled was a, a lot of dice and nothing happened. And like, in a game where you have to do on like heavies and assaults upwards of like 70 plus damage to take them out. Okay, like, but when you do hit, things do more than one point of damage. Eh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, but like... A missile will do a point of damage, and PPC is about, like, what, 10, 15? 10. Oh, clan ones are 15. Clan ones are 15. I like clan. Fucking clan. <laughs> Everyone likes clan. Clan are just way better. It's fine. But, uh, the so it was one of those things where it, the game was very much, like, nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens, and then, like, you start having damage rack up, for the next few turns. And then and all of a sudden, shit is ready to fall apart. And then, yeah, there's that one turn where it's like, okay, we're both just rolling crits on every fucking shot we have on each other. And that was cool, and it gets really exciting. But it should have happened maybe a turn or two earlier. Like, I, I, maybe I, like four or five. And that's one of the How many turns do you guys play? Oh, probably like ten. Jesus. Maybe something like that. That seems like a long game. I don't know. We it did. We were probably playing for at least three or four hours, and I don't know if it was even ten turns. But like, although like I was really tired, we were pretty, like we were just kind of shooting the shit, talking about rules. Like it was not like we were intently finishing a battle tech game. It was. I imagine you guys were in my mind, <laughs> and we're just trying to play this cool. thing ever. <laughs> like you guys were like full on rules lawyering the whole way. Got my like Conan the Barbarian soundtrack going in the background. Yes. <laughs> Keep yourself in the true mech warrior style. I'm just stripping off layers of clothing as the battle goes on, and I'm getting warmer. <laughs> it yes. gets hot in that cockpit. That is true. That is, they did do that in the just cartoon, and it was weird. Cooling vest and neuro helmet. That's all you need. <laughs> and some pants, Dan. And some fucking pants. Yeah, that's why I talk so psychological warfare. <laughs> I saw your warhammer. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was so good. So it sounds like you're gonna play another game, despite Dan stripping. Yeah, no, it was good, man. Like, and it's one of those things too where I can see <laughs> was, having the stripping was good. Was the stripping was great. It was uh, strip battle tech. It had been a long week. It, oh god. Could you imagine every time you, you lose, like, an arm or something, you have to take off an article of clothing? I feel like it would be on the heat. You'd have to do that as you rack up heat. If it gets too hot, you, you that would be the way to do it. True to form. <laughs> but then as the heat goes down, you put clothes back on. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> People just standing in water. <laughs> Which Tom actually did at one point. His fucking Thunderbolt got in there and was just blazing away with all weapons, never getting heat at all racked up and it was very upsetting I think I, think I unloaded with every single fucking weapon and would gain one heat a turn oh wow so if you can stand in a lake it's golden well and the other thing too it's like That's the first so thing funny. you lose from heat is one of your movement and I'm like fuck that I'm standing exactly where I am so going up to like heat four or five didn't matter at all 
So, but being stationary makes it easier for Dan to shoot Tom. Yeah, but being in water has cover. That's true. Yeah, being water, you're in partial cover, and any hits to your legs are ignored because you're submerged. So I hit him in the legs so many fucking times. Sounds like being in a lake is awesome. It is amazing. (laughs) Like, because yeah, basically, I was a third of your grid cannot be damaged. Yeah, and it's not like they re-roll. It just becomes a miss. So any of the mechs that had the missile launchers on the top, you just go fully submerged except for the tops of the missiles. Can you well, do that? To, no. no. If you're, oh, if you're depth two water, you're completely submerged and cannot fire. Oh, that's I mean depth bad. one. It's too bad. It'd be way but funnier if you go. I was pretty tempted. To, <laughs> Submarine like, mech. At one point, uh, with one of my lights, I lined up like a really long range charge to just like, literally just like plow into him and knock him out of the river. But I was like, that's kind of douchey when he probably doesn't even know this is a valid move. So I'm just not going to do it. Was that also the moment where you tried to move into the water in front of me and then fell over? Well, that was my Raven, was my raven being awesome. He's like, first, yeah, first just move. dirt move. His first hex of that turn, he's just like, I'm going to take this one little shortcut through the water, through one hex of water, immediately falls down. I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> falls down right in front of a fucking Thunderbolt ready to alpha me. Oopsie. Perfect. So Perfect. you so you guys were using like the original rule set as well then right the not the alpha strike part, no we were yeah, not yeah we were strike. playing classic BattleTech not alpha strike gotcha okay um, the game would have been much faster with alpha strike and I also wouldn't have known any of the rules I I like the older style anyway because of you know what I like coloring all the like different like boxes and squares and I wish it was half like that. that's my only beef I wish it was half a little too much um it would just it, <sighs> So we played with basically Lance versus Lance with Dan having the extra extra mech. Yeah. Um, that and that's good. Yeah. I don't I don't think I would ever want to play a game of Battletech with more than that. What if we did like a melee? Like a big free for all kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. You're talking a full on like uh oh what were those called? Mega battle. Mega battle. <laughs> Tri- Mega battle trial of Mega I don't know. A trial. Well, most of the trials were 1v1, not just a fucking giant free-for-all. <laughs> but you could just Getting do your blood name. Oh, Solaris, yeah. Yeah, go. some of the other ones, it would be like one versus like a whole star or something. Yeah, that could be interesting. Well, but this is just it. I think this is where, and Dan and I have been talking about this a lot, and, uh, and he's mentioned he's looking at doing various uh, scenarios from the games, like recreating that stuff. Oh, as like a really good way to approach playing BattleTech, and I really agree. And I'm kind of that's where I think there will be more joy in BattleTech is from fun scenarios, mixing it up. I'd agree with that. I think it seems reasonable. And jacking them from some of the old video games would actually be really easy because it's like, oh, you just have a basic patrol. So your mission is to like the first one. You might just be like, okay, go check out these uh, these nav points on the map. Try to find where the enemy base is. Take out the patrols along the way, and then like. You know, build up your force, and then eventually go besiege the base or whatever. Like it's a Kodiak base, a Kodiak. But then the other thing too is that just jumps out of the snow and like the sweet intro video from what was that like? Mech Warrior Two, Mech Warrior Two glows. What was it like? Clan Ghost Bear Ascendancy or some random cooking expansion pack? Clan Bear Ascendancy. (laughs) I can't remember what it was called. Ghost Bear Ascendancy. That sounds like I can't remember what it was actually called, but yeah. But anyways, so I think the other thing that really kind of played in is that I was using an assault... No, two heavies, a medium, and a light. You, you had... Or was one of them... No, Battlemaster was an assault. You had an assault, two, two heavies, heavies, and a light. And, a light. Yeah. and I think... 
because it's the models that I have. I only have the two lights right now, and one's then they're both fleas. Yeah. But if you're playing a game where you've got two or three lights and a medium, or like two lights, a medium, and a heavy, I think that would be a much more enjoyable game because then your lights are gonna get fucked up a lot faster. Um, it's kind of like for me the difference between running it that way and how I was doing it now is the difference between Carnifexes and Dreadnoughts still mattering in 40k. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When they do. <laughs> They matter to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? I have nine Carnifexes. I was just going to say, but mattering when you don't need to take, like, six to ten of them. Yeah, yeah that's fair. And then, like, that's if we're fair. doing scenarios... Because you guys remember in the game, right, when you started off, you had the light mech. Yeah. And then, like, the first time you see an enemy medium, you're like, holy fuck! That thing's twice my size. And then you get a medium, and then you're doing that, and you're kicking, you're kicking ass and taking names, and you see your first heavy, and you're like, fuck, no! And then <laughs> you eventually get through, yes. and, you, and you get your heavy, and then at the very end, you're like... What the fuck is that Atlas doing here? And you basically shit yourself. That's the kind of vibe that I'd like. I'd like from the scenarios. Some shitting of your pants. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I, I want my pants to smell like poo. Unless you're not wearing Which, pants. To be fair, I think yeah. it's gonna get me it's right awesome. involved in the BattleTech community. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, can't, can't disagree. <laughs> but just that kind of that that is what I remember the most from playing the video games as a kid. Yeah. Um, I never got into, like, the background as much as you guys did or any of that. It was just, like, that was kind of the, the the vibe from the game. And then you're kind of getting this... I don't know. I think that'd be really fun for, like, actually playing Battletech and getting a lot of joy out of it. And not just, what's my most badass list I can make in 5,000 points I'm going to paint whatever. a single Timberwolf, and that will be my Battletech army for the rest of time. The best... Pilot and weapon skill ever. Just like yeah. a zero how plus zero plus. How many points prime. can I make? And <laughs> don't actually talk, talk about other this. things. I'm gonna look it up. He's gonna look it up. <laughs> we should move on. We've talked about yeah. BattleTech for far too long. Not false. We need to save more information for the next. What? Okay. So do you guys want a palate cleanser for the Beaver before we get into the Dark Age? We need a palate cleanser. I think, I think we do. Okay. I need a palate cleanser. <laughs> All right. So I'm actually. I do have to say. I am hang stoked. On, hang on. Oh god! Timberwolf Prime it. with a zero plus zero plus pilot, seven thousand six hundred and sixty-three oh, battle points. That's too many points. How many? But again, one plus one plus one plus one plus. It would still be sixty-five, sixty-eight. Oh, oh that's my army. Bam! You can basically have like a two plus two plus kind of guy, or a two plus three, three plus. plus. Two plus three plus would be forty-nine eighty-one. Oh, there yeah. You go. There you go. Bam. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I keep moving in lower model or- count in games. Like, enjoying more. <laughs> One Timberwolf. A single Timberwolf. Single time. Timberwolf. I've hit the mother load. <laughs> that would be fucking terrifying, too, by the way. I have no idea. He well, he would run out of missile ammo very quickly, but he would fucking hit with all of them before then, so. And then he's got PPCs. Just standing. No. <laughs> he would have ER larges, ER mediums, a medium pulse, and two machine guns, fucko. Which, and to be fair, pulses are legit. Those are on the arms, right? He's only got the one medium pulse, and it's in the what left torso. Somebody, I don't remember who it was on our on our Facebook page. Keeps saying keep 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 new noises. Oh, that and he is correct. Yeah, I love that. Was I? I don't think I laughed out loud ever as hard as I did to reading his responses <laughs> yes. on our page. Like, no, the one that actually did get me though is because I was I was somewhat half paying attention. Is when Jay was like, "But the heat." <laughs> I was <just> like, yes. <laughs> Nothing is dead, but the heat. <laughs> My God, the heat. <laughs> They're all in heat. <laughs> um... <laughs> That one, that one, I thought was really fucking funny. Yeah, no, honestly, the battle tech gets the best responses from you guys. I gotta say, it's uh, 
kind of weirding me out that we will get <laughs> like five times the responses to do anything to do with BattleTech than like Malifaux, War Machine, <laughs> 40K, Fantasy. Yeah, older. Like, <laughs> so, which really, what this tells me is that we're all old. Is that you guys want more BattleTech on the podcast? That's nostalgia. Too. It's totally nostalgia. This yeah. generation remembers Battletech. I mean, if we started playing Power Rangers, the miniature game, I bet you we get a lot of response from that, too. Yeah. Harry Potter, gonna... though, not so much. No, that's because that's that's not our age group. That's a little bit younger than us, man. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. All right. Anyway, so let's talk Before about... Before we move on, Ghost Bear's Legacy is the name of the oh, Mercury 2 expansion. Oh, yeah. It should have been Ghost Bear Ascendancy. Need to set the record Way more intense. Maybe that's a f- expansion pack for one of the, you know, MechWarrior 5 or something. Who knows? <laughs> Ghost Bear Ascendancy. Actually, year 30, That sounds like a shitty metal band, kind of like um, Bolt Thrower, Ghost Bear Ascendancy. We could do a Battletech metal band. <laughs> Dom, get on this. <laughs> I am not convinced that I can convince the other guys to do this. Do a concept album for each of the Inner Sphere houses and have, like, different, like, cultural I like how styles. you're saying, like, just do a concept album for each of the it's Inner only, Sphere houses. only five yeah. songs you gotta come up with. No, there's not that many ma- major houses. There's We're not going to do, like, Magistracy of Canopus concept <laughs> metal band. Okay, we are way too far down a rabbit hole with that one. I did not know that was ever a thing in Battletech, and I'm upset that that's a meme. Taurian Concordat. There's all kinds of stupid names. It's great. <laughs> Taurian Concordat. So I'd like to talk about my beaver. <laughs> yes. Whip that beaver do. out and describe it in detail, please. Um, well, it's got real big teeth. Uh, <laughs> that's concerning. <laughs> beaver dentata. Um... Anyways, no, uh, we've actually finally got the the Beaver bust uh, that Dallas got commissioned for the AMSA group, uh, and it's now in my hands, and I, I have to admit, when I first heard about this idea, my it was just kind of that, that like, okay, Dallas, like, sure, okay, you whatever. Gotta, gotta, you gotta pump the brakes a little. What's going and on? he sent me a photo of, like, a picture he had drawn on, like, loose-leaf paper of a rough sketch cool. of this beaver. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound better the more you describe it. On, and I was like, all right, Dallas, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, a week later, I get this picture of this sculpt half done by a sculptor. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's actually really nice. Yes. Um, in a way that I was never expecting it to be. And so I finally got it in my hands, and I'm really looking forward to painting him. And anyone who's listening, they can be yours. I believe they're forty bucks, forty Canadian dollars, forty Canadian dollars. That's um, practically not even real money. And we've got a couple up here in Edmonton that uh, Dallas has given to us to sell to people. And if you are in Calgary, he, you can easily get them from him there. Um, just check out the Amps of Facebook page, and there should be more information. And I believe there's actually going to even be a booth at Adepticon selling them. Yeah, uh, one of the booths, I forget which one, uh, offered to uh, help them out and uh, carry them for the weekend, I believe, so until they all disappear. So the Amps of Beaver Bust is going to be available for sale at Adepticon. Yeah, so yes. we might have mentioned it before, but uh, the reason for uh, progressing uh, with the, the Beaver Bust is basically... To help um, subsidize, I guess would be the best word, no? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the AMSA painting group itself. Uh, so basically just to help generate uh, some income um, to get different artists here for painting lessons and uh, participants, they can hopefully save some costs. Uh, and to also, also it's going to be having 
um, when there's AMSA painting competitions, this will help fund prize trophies and prize and support and everything else. And the other cool thing, too, is that if these do well, excuse me, it also helps fund more busts and random shit, which, honestly... And, like, t-shirts and stuff. Like, there's going to be other merchandising yeah. as well. So, that's going to be... Like, cool. I would have never thought the first merch that AMSA has is its own bust. Yeah. And, and again, i got to keep reiterating this. I'm looking at it here, and the detail's great. There's a lot of really good texture on there as well, and... And if you haven't seen it, it is a, a beaver done up in the Canadian military, like, armed forces uniform. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious. So I think you to do this model justice, it will require a bit of research to come up with, like, an actual historical color, color scheme. scheme to get, yeah. like, the, you know, the fatigues and the beret and the pouches and See, stuff. See, mine's totally going to be uh, PPCLI. Oh, you aren't going to do, like, the Van Dues? I like how oh, it has no, PPC Alberta. in the name. So it's got to be PPCLI, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. 100%. Uh, the other thing I was going to say about this bus that I'm pretty stoked about is most busts don't come with a plinth. Uh, this one does, which is kind of, it's the first time I've seen that. So you actually don't have to worry about figuring out how you're going to mount the model. Also, when you paint it, which is something you should not underestimate, is how tough it is to paint a bust. I tried not mounting my uh, Russian guy. Do you anything. always want to mount? Yeah, and the thing is, is when you you're mount that beaver, you're handling <laughs> a miniature like this, you will rub paint off of it. There's no way around that, so that sucks. You don't want to rub off the beaver. You got to mount it first. You do. You do. It's crucial. <laughs> crucial. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. Actually, I was trying to be serious, man. Actually, what I'm what I'm thinking, because uh, I I'm. Uh, I got one here too. Is I think I'm gonna paint it up uh, and give it to Patty, our retired military friend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he'd be pretty appreciative of that. I think I think that'd be pretty cool. Why so, not? Pretty sweet. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say right now, I'm giving this a solid four and a half pucks. Yep. It has got some substantial value for that forty dollars Canadian. It's not like. 40 euros plus shipping plus another 10 for a plinth like this is extremely affordable it's very unique it is one of the like very few like canadiana items out there because there's just not the market for it generally yeah it's this is really something that like and there's just no comparables out there and it's it's well done the interest yeah. and the buzz with it is is pretty awesome as well so i also love the fact that you can say buzz with it Beaver buzz. Beaver buzz. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm totally a four and a half as well. The only reason that it's not a full five is it's just something out of my wheelhouse for painting. Yeah, I have uh, no idea how I'm going to paint yeah, it. Exactly. And that's just kind oh, of it. It's, it is just like a random. I think I will. Yeah. Probably begin. I can't panel wash this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the panel line mix uh, may not be necessary um, for this particular one. And I should also say. It's a good cast as well. Like, yeah. there's a couple little mold lines here and there, but the way it's sculpted, it also lends itself very well to to being cast in a two half resin mold. Like, it's got that uh, the back section's missing where like the arms would be crossed behind. Yeah. But the thing that I like about it is normally that sort of void space that wouldn't be taken up by anything. You've got a maple leaf on the back, so if somebody's looking at the miniature from not like I don't know walking around a painting uh, competition, they're not looking at it the the display case from the front. They're still going to see that um, super red, bright maple leaf that will have some contrast. It looks more interesting from behind. That's your fatal flaw with your painting, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I have had that (laughs) that piece of... uh, Helpful uh, advice. Helpful advice. Let's call it that. (laughs) 
before Saturday Night. <laughs> 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 oh man. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess that would be good for me. <laughs> okay, so you've got two four and a half, Warden. Uh, I'll uh, I'll go with the four and a half. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty interested to see what I can do with it. So, like you said, I'm gonna have to do some research and actually come up with some some color schemes and go from that. So, I'm kind of yeah. hoping there's a light blue uniform because I think that could be just tonally with the browns for the oh, for the fur and everything. Fur. You could do some interesting things. Navy dress blues, like the the Canadian Navy would have that. Yeah, so I, I need to look blues. that up more, and I don't know if anybody has a light blue or whatever, but that's that's kind of what I'm hoping there's an actual uniform. There's somebody out there in the reserves or actually a member of the... What does our Air Force wear? Well, they might be dark blue. I they think. wear normally... Cooling vests and neuro helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Uh, normally they w- is also the, oh, wear... Oh, is the next bus going to be a mech warrior beaver? Oh, oh my god! That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> Dallas? No, the Mechwarrior need- Moose. Ooh, that could be good, too. The just helmet giant would not- no, 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 no. Horns no, 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 no. The neuro helmet. I'm That'd sorry. Awesome. <laughs> this is what the next bust has to be. A goose done up to look like Goose from Top Gun. That's not Canadian, though. But it's a goose. Uh, nobody really likes geese. <laughs> Everyone hates geese. They're the worst. They are the worst. So when they I splatter into the fucking canopy, <laughs> you don't miss them so much. <laughs> Oh, oh. Mm. no! But I think the I think the Air Force also wears normal uh, camouflage military uh, uniforms. I think nowadays I they wear the relish, but yeah, I don't know what they wear for for dress uniform. It might be blue, uh, navy blue. It's worth some research. That's for sure. I'm not sure. So, so yeah, absolutely. And then there's a lot of texture on this as well. Like the face, the fur is. Um, it's actually a nice balance for me because there's a lot of texture there, but it's not so much that you have to dry brush it. I can actually see going in and picking a lot of this stuff up. A polar bear tank commander. <gasps> oh! Oh, yeah! With, like, with the little with the helmet. Yeah. No, 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 with the helmet. With the fucking yeah. straps half hanging yeah. down. Yes, 100%. It doesn't even have to be a bust. It just has to be, like, a, just the head. You could do just the that. That's all you need. That'd be so sweet. With a cigar? I feel like I should text out. Yes. Right <laughs> no, he'll, he'll hear it. He'll hear it. Like, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, oh, but anyways. I would, I would buy that. I cannot recommend actually. getting one of these enough. Twofold. One, it's just an amazing product, which I think I'm going to have a lot of fun painting. It sounds like all you guys are going to have a lot of fun painting it. And then two, it's also supporting AMSA, which is a great group because Dallas... Um, so far in the what like two years that Amps has really been a thing he's brought in uh, Matthew Fontaine as well as Alfonso Giraldas so yeah it's like it's, there's and a, he's got plans for more and there's plans for more yeah. like it's gonna be and he's buying Battletech models oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah actually a thing god damn it okay can we it's supposed to be a palette cleanser <laughs> it's always gonna come back to Battletech oh, Jesus but uh, and the, the other thing too is that I gotta admit, when he first was telling me about, like, a beaver bust, a lot of me was just like, okay, whatever. Do your thing. Like, (laughs) sure. That looks funny, it amuses me, that's great. But to see it, like, to hold it in my hands, like, two months after he started talking about it. Yeah, that was quick. I actually feel like that was very fast production time. So, he's got connections to do more really sweet random stuff, and one of the things that... Much like you were saying, Dan, we don't get a lot of Canadian content when it comes to miniature gaming. No, that's true. Like, you look at the Dystopian Wars stuff, I think they had, like, one robot for Canada. 
Um, Did he throw logs or something awesome? <laughs> Log driver's waltz robot. Yep. Oh, but like, but honestly, <laughs> how often base is alone like water? How how often is there Canadian content for the miniatures that we work on? And right now, to have legitimate Canadian, uh, like a very Canadian model to work on, just makes me really happy. Did we have Canadians in Flames of War? Yes. Even? Yes, because yes, that's like one of the only things I can even think of. Yeah, yeah we did. Maybe something in bolt action. In fact, we had like I think specific regiments. There was like the Van Dues and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's been pretty sparse. So yep. this is definitely unique. It's cool. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm that uh, it came out as fast as it did too, because um, my New Year's resolution was to paint two busts this year. So. <laughs> Your New Year's Bam. resolution was to get busty. Dose bust. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the <All> right. note. <laughs> Let's uh, go ahead and talk about your Dark Age. Also, buy this model. It's fucking cool. Email talk us, to talk, us, talk to us, or yep. talk to Dallas, and we can hook you guys up. Uh, visit the AMSA page if you have not already. Uh, and, uh, yeah, grab your model before they run out. All yeah. right. So we've been playing a whole bunch of Dark Age. Well, Except we haven't. We haven't. <laughs> We're really excited to play a whole bunch of Dark Age. You sure have been, like, cleaning and or... Have you cleaned those models yet, Ward? No, not yet. I was oh. busy doing my battle techs. Oh, oh, this I, is can't be, I can't be mad. <laughs> no, You're supposed I, to be playing a game on Right Thursday. choice. No. Well, yeah, playing. you're going to play a game on Thursday, so you have you one... Have no, we're playing Drop no. Zone on Thursday. Yeah, but then after we're going to play Dark Age. So, so he's got to clean finish. my models at work. They're making me actually work at work right now, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have oh, the time God, to clean models. Don't you to do work. I have a solution for you. Just don't sleep. I don't plan on it tonight. <laughs> you should finish. <laughs> just put some models together. That's true. There's a lot of Rockstar energy drinks over there. They had a deal. So we should. Start. <laughs> the reason why you can finish this tonight is this game is the epitome of a skirmish game. Usually, you can get away with an army of between. Five to ten models. That's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there are factions in this game. Some of the core factions that, you, uh, or the core faction, which is actually an army called the core. Uh, you can play with three miniatures. Wow, so uh, want the core real bad. Yeah. So the core is a bunch of escaped AIs intent on harvesting the entire planet's biomass. I want your. Uh, I, I want to harvest your biomass dude. and. My god, some of the miniatures are super cool. No, I'm just thinking of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, <laughs> cultivating mass. <laughs> cultivating mass. They are cultivating mass all the time. That's their entire You need to stop thing. cultivating and start harvesting. So, so Dark Age is a skirmish game. Yep. Um, typically, uh, events are played at about 500 points. Um, models themselves are really broken down into an easy um, 25 point, point increment. Yeah, much. so you're you're playing with a 25 point basic guy, 50 points, 75, 100, your bigger guys 200 hmm. points. Yeah, the most expensive model in my faction is I think 200 points, which is Amvilia, the um, commander. So that's yeah, you can basically go 200 point uh, commander and then maybe a couple 150 point uh, like the Umbras, some of the larger um, monstrous creatures for me are like 150 points. Um, so you do a couple of those and your commander and you're basically there. Like I think it's possible with the shadow case to also do three miniatures. Uh, I'm not wow. sure if you can build an army that way entirely. Um, so the reason this has appealed to me so much is because I, like I said, I've been gravitating towards low model count um, games because you can put so much time into painting the miniatures and the miniatures for this game are fantastic. I was really impressed with the Dark Age uh, booth 
uh, or cool mini or not booth, I guess, with all the yeah. all the different models from Dark Age and, and Wrath of Kings and such. And uh, it just really was just like, oh, I like these guys. I'm going to paint up that faction. Like, yeah. Really and quickly. So One of the things that's kind of important to note with Dark Age is their older miniatures really don't do the line justice because they've turned over most of the miniatures that you've seen from some of the uh, older sculpts. There's a lot of things that have been redone um, or new pieces coming out. And uh, the new stuff is a lot like the Wrath of Kings. I don't know if they turned over new sculptors or what, but the quality's gone through the roof. It's way, way, way better for sure. So um, so the idea is, again, a skirmish game for Wrath... Or not for Wrath of Kings, for <laughs> Dark Age is a skirmish-based game. Uh, not too much uh, terrain, it looks like, uh, on the boards. No. And... A small points count for the models. Uh, it uses a D20 system. Yep. Uh, that Steve has worked out to basically two rolls that you need to yep, do. Yep, more or less. Um, it's a little different from the Infinity system, where Infinity you're trying to shoot for high numbers. Uh, this game you're shooting for low numbers. Um, so if you can roll ones, you do criticals, you do extra hits, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, rolling super high numbers, not the greatest. Um, it should be a fairly quick game to play, which is kind of the thing that I'm excited about. It's supposed to be around that hour to maybe two hour kind of mark. Hour and a half, yep. Um, That's reasonable. Yeah, played on a smaller board. We've talked before about how much... Uh, Does it use a 3x3? 4x4. It uses a 4x4. There's quite a bit of... Models move pretty quick, and there's a lot of uh, factions that uh, have some interesting ways they deploy. Um, So... There's a little bit there for the larger board, but the terrain sounds very similar to Malifaux, um, where you've got your miniatures have on their stat card a particular size, so they're small, medium, large, I think, and then uh, the gigantic, I don't know what the wording is for them, but the really, really big characters have another Mm -hmm. size. Um, And each piece of terrain has a certain size as well, and you just simply draw lines from base through the terrain. If you pass through the terrain and the terrain has a certain size that interacts with your models, then you can't see them, that kind of thing. So it's, it's pretty straightforward for the way terrain interacts. Hmm. Uh, shouldn't be an argument around that. And what I like about this, too, is it allows you to play with cool-looking scenery. And because the scenery is labeled with keywords, you don't have to worry about getting down and trying to figure out like what line of sight you have, that kind of thing. Welcome um, to my camp, Steve. Oh, yeah, no, I don't, I've, I've never argued that 40K's <laughs> terrain rules are great. <laughs> That's something that I've, I've totally with you on. Uh, line of sight does give you some of that, like, true line of sight gives you that cinematic feel which i agree with but it's just not precise enough for a game that's played so much in a tournament setting like 40k this is much more there's just no arguments around it i, I there's like there's none that. You, yeah. you bring in a laser does your base cross yeah. that line yes or no yeah they, they it. make it even even more straightforward like the way that this game does their terrain interaction um uh rules is you take each side of the base and draw that side of the base to your target side of the base so you have basically a corridor that's facing your target model. And then hmm. in that corridor, if you can draw a line at any point that you can see that model, uh, you can see them and you can shoot them. If you can uh, draw it through terrain, they get that terrain. That's it. Because they're obviously going to try and hide out of the way. Yeah, and that's the only thing from Alpha that's different is that you have to be within an inch of that intervening terrain to get, get any benefit of the cover. Yeah, no, that's, so that's, that's totally different. That uh, You still don't have to be within an inch of the terrain. It, it will block line of sight. There's, there's a little more ranged, I think, uh, mechanics in this a little bit, since it is a sci-fi game. That might be part of it. I don't know. My Bayou Gremlins have really shitty rifles that are actually fucking amazing. 
Are they like full on like blunderbusses kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, blunderbusses in every game are always amazing for some stupid reason. <laughs> and my shitty three point models can do double damage with the ram. It's just, anyways. Yeah, total game system. So the uh, the idea is basically they're fl- they're fighting uh, on a planet um, that was kind of out of the way. It's got some resources on it. Uh, lots of different corporations uh, were using this because uh, it was out planet. of the way and not subject to uh, interstellar law. So it was like a bad research, anything that's super unethical was done on this planet. They're like, yeah, let's uh, let's set up some bases here and uh, and do some stuff. So, so artificial intelligence research, genetic engineering, uh, psychogenic research, all that. Not things that's acceptable. Not wearing pants while playing Battletech? 100%. Those people <laughs> all were, of those people were sent to yeah. Not acceptable, Dan! <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, basically, like, the civilization uh, was ha- imploding, uh, so what they did is uh, the corporations decided, like, you know what, like, we need to, like, uh, manage our best resources, so we're going to pull all the best and brightest people off this planet, and so they all of our the resources. So, 100% they did. They did. And it like was the, effective. The largest global, or galactic yeah, like 80% economic, of the time. economic collapse ever, like, the this whole, like, you can't stress how much the, the galactic empire was imploding that they had to get a lot of valuable research off of this planet and pull back to the core because they needed to try and just maintain their... A lot of the corporations are effectively the government in a lot of, a lot of cases in this, in this universe. So hmm. they had to sort of maintain the rule of law, so their lawless planet became an unimportant thing to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, this the scientist, yeah, he's got to go on a tour of uh, visiting some of the other facilities. He'll be back. And then just never did. And uh, they did not take their workers back from their very hostile planet. Human life is not, it's not great here. Like, think Mad Max, radiation wastes, sandstorms that will kill you, yeah. barely breathable atmosphere. Like, it's not a good time to be on this planet mm-hmm. as a human. And lots of people then realize, like, oh, all these people aren't coming back. And then they just started infighting amongst themselves and such. Uh, infighting, putting it lightly. The well, yeah. planetary riots that killed millions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it it went bad. There yeah, uh and then stuff that they left on the planet started waking up, started escaping from different uh locations on the planet. So yep. it's like the core is literally a research project from the Isuzu Dynamics group. It was just a thing where they thought you could sell it to a company, they would put it on a planet, it would terraform the planet in a matter of months by devouring all of the biomass and like uh building cities and turning the atmosphere habitable or whatever else. So, like, halfway between Tyranids and uh, Genesis Project. 100%, yeah. yeah. Again, one of the many reasons I want to play Core. And then, <laughs> uh, because it's been sitting on this planet for a while, the Shadow Case starts digging around because they make tunnels, and they sort of stumble upon the Core, and the Core wakes up. And it's a problem for everyone because it immediately thinks, time to harvest. <laughs> this is going to be <laughs> you're, great. You're biomass. So. Humans. Uh, so for the game, there's kill all humans. <laughs> Another reason to play the core. Kill all the things. So yeah, you could just make constant uh, bender jokes. Yeah, That'd be sweet. there's also an entire faction, especially because of... the, the patent is going to be patented by like a Rodriguez. So there, right? there's there's seven main factions oh, of the game. The, the just factions to, just to quickly touch on them. Uh, so there's the brood, uh, which are basically the genetic experiments. They they got flushed down the toilet into the swamps. Yeah. So now they are rising up and uh, revolting and eating things and killing people and all of that fun stuff because they're they're not totally genetic experiments they're they were people that were like criminals and and degenerates and that kind of thing that were experimented upon like tom so, yeah like tom might end up in there you know with a what? couple extra arms degenerates oh yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh they they specialize in grafting 
Ooh, I was yeah. thinking I'd love to have four arms for some sweet guitar playing. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You'd probably be in, in the brute. Then there's the core. <laughs> which we talked about. There are the AI, uh, Zuzu Dynamics. Yep. Um, there is the Dragiri. Which have a bunch of sub-factions. They're the ones I'm playing. I'm playing specifically the Shadow Cased. They're the uh, slaves of a particular uh, race that rose up and uh, enslaved their enslavers. So um, they're one of the alien races in the game, and they're they're quite large compared to like your average size human. So mm-hmm. they were they were grunt uh, brute force laborers for the uh, their enslavers. That's what they hmm. were sort of bred to do. They weren't as smart, um, but they. They've since become very intelligent creatures uh, since they don't have, like, the genetic uh, manipulation sort of placed upon them or whatever. Um, so they're they're getting to be... Uh, they're, well, the, the factions are very disjointed, but uh, they're by far the most powerful warriors, is my understanding. They're, they're pretty cool, for yep. sure. Uh, there's the Forsaken. Yep. Which are your humans, and there's a couple, of, again, different sub-factions within it. Um, the cool thing with them is the prevailers. Uh, basically, what happens when a civilization goes down in the dust? Oh, religion will save it. So these people found a whole bunch of religion, tomes, and Yeah, they have, like, a very gothic, baroque kind of a thing going on. Yeah. Almost uh, like... They've got off. different saints. So, like, they're Saint John. Their leaders are all the saints, yeah. I just remember a lot of the old models reminding me of Menoth. Oh yeah, there you go. And and uh, the cool thing that I like about them is that they actually have also like angels uh, there to help them out. And the angels are robots. And <laughs> so the regular the people are told that they're angels and that they de- like de- uh, place God's will upon the battlefield, but they're full on just AIs. So, but once they get destroyed, they automatically explodes so they can't say that oh that's it's a robot it's like no no it was <laughs> it was god's will or god's light i can't remember what it's called the particular <laughs> thing they refer to it when these things explode and like take out like city blocks and they look awesome <laughs> <laughs> and they look really good uh, in battletech parlance they stack pull when they die 100 percent, because that only happens in the novels that's not a thing in game mechanics you don't just go nuclear every time you die and we should mention that the forsaken are <laughs> call themselves the forsaken because they were forsaken by their masters when they left the planet. Yeah, so they're, they're basically just humans that they're are the lost still there. The lost kind of thing hmm. uh, vibe going on. There's the Kukulkani. Which is Giorgio Tsoukalos' <laughs> aliens. They're amazing. Uh, so a little bit of the quick backstory. Uh, Ancient astronaut theorists. 100%, 100% they actually are. Have you, you heard about Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> so you, you, you realize that this also goes dangerously close to Indiana Jones 4, right? Hundred percent, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're an alien race. Are they trans dimensional as well? And they actually, uh, yeah, yeah, well, I think so. Because okay. they they landed on Earth uh, in the past uh, in the age of the Mayans, and uh, basically they decided that they need to they need a biomass for their ship. So they got the Mayans to help them out and harvest biomass with sacrifices and such. And then uh, some of them were just like, "Hey, these guys are pretty awesome." Like. They really helped out. Why don't, we, why don't we take these guys with us and they can, like, fight for us and harvest biomass so we don't have to put ourselves in, like, harm's way. And then they thought about it and they're like, okay, you can take 1,001 of them with you and we have to kill the rest. And so they did that and then they left planet Earth. Hence, no more Mayans. Yeah, the Mayan disappearance <laughs> is because they all just got vaporized. Or went away to on space. a spaceship. 
Yeah. So. So Giorgio would be proud. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so when they show up in this universe, they're like heavily modified. They've been uh, under this alien influence for a while, so they're kind of transhuman. Um, but their aesthetic is entirely Mayan. Like their big construct looks like a temple, but it's amazing looking model. I like it. Yeah, really cool. That's, model. I, I, it was, and it's it, fun it to was, say Kukulkani. Kukulkani. It was between them. And surprisingly difficult. It was. It was between them and the Kukulkani. core. And I might. Yeah. So if I like the game a lot, I'll also be collecting core. Yeah. If you only have to paint like but, five models per faction or whatever. Yeah. Get can, two. Why not? Yeah. Right. So uh, then there's the outcasts. So they're the ones that don't believe in the prevailer way uh, and follow. They the are Saints. the Mad Max. They're the ones that yeah are like on the outskirts and slavers and bandits and uh, yeah pillaging and that kind of stuff. That's their their jam. Yeah, they're bi- they're not good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're the uh, sand people of yes um, Tatooine. Yeah, they're 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 not great. Uh, there are I shouldn't say that there are some factions that are like. Uh, within the uh, the outcasts that are just trying to not live in the religious, crazy um, uh, main city of the Forsaken, and they're not bad people. They just have like outposts in the middle of the desert, trying to eke out an existence with like their hmm. their little tribe. So there are good people in the outcasts. They usually end up getting murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then there is the scar. It's like the guys in white from Mad Max. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah, 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 percent. Okay. Uh, and then there's the Scarred. Yes, which I know the least about, but they have some models. That they they basically have uh, three different uh, subgroups with them, um, and they all like follow like a different cult, essentially. Um, so some of them were from uh, a prevailer uh, group before. Uh, Father Johan used to be St. Johan. Uh, who leads the cult of metamorphosis. Mor- I was trying to learn Spanish. I feel like you should try that again. Father Johan? Ah, there you go. Uh, that's just, that's a, I don't know, Johan is not... Yeah. A, but I don't know if no, it's Johane. 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 <laughs> you don't know how English <laughs> sure. works in the year... It's true, eight, but like, just, that didn't, that didn't sound like a very solid attempt at emulating the accent of whatever the hell language spawned the name I, Johan. I find it weird that <laughs> this is like the army that you know the least about, because these are guys are most like I would say Dark Eldar. So they have different cults of following. So there's really? the cult of uh, Toxic Cult, the Blood Cult, the Cult of Metamorphosis. So The Cult of Personality. Very creepy. <laughs> yes. yes. Wow. Very creepy looking. Wow. Uh, Dark the, first Eldar thing, show. the first thing that brought me to them, I was like, there's a model that would make a perfect Talos. There's a model that would make fantastic <laughs> grotesques. Like, uh, they had all of the homunculus coven models covered. If you like that aesthetic, scarred or what you should you should play. Look yep. at and that's and that sort of thing. So and yeah, so there's there's some that they've kind of just come up with, and then other ones that have switched different factions. And so, like I said, uh, was a prevailer and now is is part of the scard. So yeah, which is kind of interesting. So, um, but that's just kind of a, a quick brief overview of the different factions and the different groups. And yeah, we're gonna be playing a bunch of games coming up here. Um, I know the everybody that went down that saw those models. Got pretty excited about uh, what they're doing at the cool mini or not uh, games side of things. And apparently, Dave Taylor can sell a miniature. Oh yeah, yeah. He he ran us a demo for Wrath of Kings, and we bought. Well, I bought Wrath of Kings and Dark Age, and I'm probably going to pick up. I'm probably going to pick up Wrath of Kings at some point. But yeah. the reason that Dark Age really, uh, <laughs> like, no, don't get me wrong. The the um, uh, Chinese faction. But I cannot think of their name. Shao Han. The Shao Han that clearly have like the mythical uh, 
um, Chinese background, like with the the celestials, the celestials, the yeah. the lions. They've got like the 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 foxes. The fox, yeah, it was crazy. Some of the miniatures for those are just unbelievable. So is this cool. Wrath of Kings or is this, this Wrath of Kings? Kings? I want to pick up that faction. So I was thinking, if there's robot lions involved, no, if you can just go full Voltron, <laughs> you can't go full Voltron for this. <laughs> but the reason that I, I wanted to get Dark Age first is because uh, Wrath of Kings is like twenty to thirty models. It's a bigger higher, game, higher model count. Yeah, um, it's it's also a completely different game system. Um, I think that lends itself to that larger uh, model size. Uh, game, uh, model count game, um, but the models for both systems are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like I was losing anything by not wanting to paint those miniatures. Like I, I feel like Dark Age, I'm super happy to paint up five models, play that game system, and then I can work on my Wrath of King stuff. Because yeah. I know you're going to paint up your Hadros, I'm pretty sure. The, I got the Hadros and then the series. So yeah, you got both of right? so The Hadros are so cool. <laughs> and then Tom just is also... Yeah, I've acquired some Technus. Really? Yeah. He's Bondage got, pigs. He's got the pig Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody that saw that was like, yeah, Tom will play that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But that's uh, that's Dark Age in a nutshell, and we'll give you some more information as uh, we play some games. And, yeah, I'm uh, incredibly excited to play Dark Age. Del- delve into some of the faction-specific stuff, so, which yeah. will be good. So I'm just eager to see more of the updated models, because they definitely... The new ones versus the old ones is a big difference. I'll yeah. show you some after. So anybody that like, wrote mm-hmm. off the original models should take another look. It's been a long time, and they've come a long way. That's Absolutely. one of the things that was interesting. When you guys were here uh, right after I got back from Vegas, We were I was talking about how cool these models are, and you guys were all skeptical because you'd seen the old stuff. And when I started looking online as to what they have for like Google Image Search, just it's a lot of the stuff, old stuff. And it's not great. I don't know if it's the photos or what, but it's questionable. It just looks dated now. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's uh, sculpt or what, but uh, it does not sell well online. If you see, um, if you get a chance at Adepticon, if you're if you're down there, if you're lucky enough to be there, uh, take a look at their display because they have. But save oh, money for beavers. Yes, yeah. should buy that too. Uh, but you can afford four Dark Age models or five Dark Age models. I feel uh, like if you if you can afford to go to Adepticon, you can probably buy a beaver in a Dark Age. Yeah, hundred um, percent. When you get a chance to see their display. Their display, the display is it. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I can't say enough good things about the game uh, so far. Having not played it, I I tend to pay attention to my rules pretty closely. It seems like a very balanced system. There's a lot of thought to it. There's no model that uh, seems completely out of place, powerful. And then all, the other nice thing is that everything is downloadable. So rule yeah. sets, your nice. cards, uh, templates tokens you can all download everything so you can invest just directly into the models if you want so i just want to i want to say one thing that i really like about that so when other companies have said that they make miniatures not rules Mm -hmm. and then charge you for rules it feels kind of shitty when these guys are like i don't don't know what they're kind of pitching but they're making great looking models right oh they'd be a miniatures company first like more than gw they're they're a miniatures company first and so the rules just like here just have them for free Buy our models, you get to play with them. They do have they do have the hard copies if you want. Yeah, but it's an uh, option. Sale. It is an and option. And that's the difference. And you know what I actually have to say about their hard copies? So I bought the Dragiri Codex, if you I yeah. guess would be the equivalent. Um, the rules are at the very back and there's like twenty pages and they're basically just a reprint of the cards. The entire book is just fluff and background and story. And you get a full two page spread on every single uh, unit that you can take in the army. Everybody gets two pages. 
describing what they are. And then it actually has a story that advances along the way. Like some of the main forsaken characters don't make it through. Um, Yeah. One, if you die in this, your, your character is dead. You can still use that model. Like you're playing like in the past or whatever, but they've advanced the storyline and actually killed off characters in this and they stay dead. Yeah. So, yeah. Really, really uh, dead at the end of the Shadow Case. They the, are not nice. The other cool thing with this is they have an, uh, a yearly event, and oh, at, yeah, this is at that event, uh, the winner of their tournament gets to help design a model for next year. Is that tournament held in the States? or I'm not yeah. sure if it's the tournament. I think it's the uh, their tournament system, because you can rank your points towards that and then qualify. I can't remember how that all works. We'll, we'll get some more Yeah, we'll get some more on information that. on that, but, but basically, if you're the best uh, Dark Age player for that year, you get to create a model. Yeah, so there was a, a father that designed him and his son as like a uh, unit of mercenaries, so it's the two of them on like a single base, and the last one that just came out last year was the Lightbringer, which was part of the code, or the core, the core and has rewritten some of the code for a lot of their different uh, machines. Oh, neat. And his model is fucking awesome. Yeah, th- this awesome. is important because they use this model to change the way the army works. Because previously, if you lost some of your alpha level control, your betas just went off of a pure algorithm, and you basically stopped playing the army. It played itself, oh. like a robot would, and you're co- but it was not that fun for the player. Yeah, suddenly your army is just doing its thing, and you have no choice. Um, <laughs> which makes sense from a fluff standpoint. But yeah, definitely not why people play those games. Exactly. So um, this guy is now. Uh, sort of change the paradigm in the fluff and also the rules. Really? Yeah. So yeah. he's he's part of the core, and that's part Whoa. of the reason that I want him. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's basically like one of the angels, like that the core has taken over. And he's got all kinds of weird crystals and shit growing out of his body and glowing. That's cool. So that's a neat model. Yeah. He's a neat model for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of become one with some biomass. Well, the the core was never fully sentient. It was an artificial intelligence, but it couldn't, like, adapt, really. It was just yeah. there to terraform a planet. And obviously the situation's not <laughs> gone according to plan, so this is this is their way of adapting kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, becoming a sentient race. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. All, All right, right. well, a- initial impressions, guys. Pucks? Uh, well, I'm going to give it a five. I'm super sold on the models. I want to paint uh, a system where it's this small and this scale. Big miniatures, I'm really happy with that. That's something that I'm into right now. Yeah, stuff um, stuff is scale. So, like, yeah, you can go with the larger aliens. You can go with your normal humans. Like, you have a lot of different options, right, To for uh, models and the different scales that you want. Rule set looks really solid. I, I can only speak to the Dagiri and the main rule set um, right now. But uh, so far, so good. And even if the rules aren't fantastic, I think it's going to be a Battletech situation where models are cool, I'm into painting them, and if the game is decent, it'll be a good reason to, to paint them up. Yeah, and then, like, if there's another big tournament scene, you know, we get four or five of us, we can play some campaigns, some linked games, all that kind of stuff that yeah. we've been talking about we want to do more of anyways. Yeah. And much like Battletech, where you paint a lance of four models. Yeah, and, exactly. Or one, you know, or one. three plus, two plus, two <laughs> <four. laughs> <laughs> just, just, I apparently. I just hope it would die. That's, that's, I that's, you do realize that is the only thing I have interest in baiting, right? So that's what I'm going to play. <laughs> just just <laughs> hope your goss slug hits him right in the cockpit on the first turn and the game's just over. <gasps> it could happen. Can just happen. roll that 12. Dead. Oh, Fox thanks, cars, <laughs> critted out, cockpit, dead, eject. I hate so. this game. <laughs> you know, you could take two Timberwolves. 
No. False. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I refuse. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. But there's a way to play. Um, all right. Four plus, well, five plus. Timberwolves are 2,700 points anyway. So, like, that's a lot of battle value. Yeah, I'm not And clan that. pilots are generally Okay, Ward, what are you giving this? Uh, I'm giving it uh, four. Because, again, I haven't played the game yet, but I'm sold a tentative on four. the... Tentative four. Okay. I'm, I'm sold on the models. Uh, I like the backstory. Uh, and low model count seems uh, pretty reasonable. So yeah, yeah. How much do you spend entirely I don't on want your to army? Talk about it. Oh, on the army. On just your Google. Well, I had to wait till your wife and uh, Dale's wife yeah. left to invest into more. So I bought the starter set for the Kukulkani, which, which was like was 60, bucks, sixty bucks, which is nothing, and that gets you a full army. That gets you uh, five hundred points. Then I bought a couple blisters, and I think some of them are like twenty twenty five. I want to say I picked up three blisters, so probably and then the book. seventy bucks there. No, no, no book. You didn't get the book. No, I want, I want actually all the books now um, more than anything. And then I picked up the big guy. So I, I spent probably one sixty to two hundred U.S. And you, U.S. And you've probably, but got, I, I've got tons of points. Like I, I have way yeah. more than the five hundred. So well, I yeah. just have very, like I can decide what I want. Yeah, to and the, it's, it's definitely one of those things. Like mouth was the same way, right? You can, you can be playing the game. For under a hundred bucks, yeah, easily. But what, oh yeah, but the, what you want variety is when it starts ramping up. The starter so. set alone, like the the sixty dollars starter set, that had more than enough points to play. That has five hundred points right off the get go. Yeah, it's yeah. just if you want the variation, then you pick up blisters and yep. the big guy was just a fucking no brainer. I was just well, like, I, I yeah. did the math. I have like two thousand points, and I don't know why. <laughs> I just bought them all because I was so stoked. Yeah, no, nothing wrong cool. with that. Cool, so. fair enough, Dan. How about you? What do you think of her puck rating? Um, I don't know a ton about it, but it's hard to give it less than a four because the affordability of the rules and the miniatures, the miniatures themselves being better than before, there's a lot of potential there. And while I, I'm not super familiar with it, like it's hard to really poke any holes in it. So Another it's ten to four. four. I like it. Yeah, and I gotta give it the same, right? Like I, I would want to give it. I, I'd want to go to play the game before I can really say one way or the other any higher or lower. Well, you'll four, see on Thursday. I know Dale yeah. and I are going to be playing some games. Yeah, because Dale's going over too. Okay. Yeah. There you go. What's Dale got? Uh, he picked up uh, Forsaken, I think, as he well. He found a model that looked like a Viking, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He was it. just like, that's it. The mercenary. Yeah, there's yeah. a mercenary. Uh, Jarl. <laughs> yeah, he was basically like, the best Ramsor, thing about. I think. But Warhammer Quest is the Viking. And he, that was it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> that, and right. he's also, he's already got St. Mark, I think, painted that's on the, uh, the drain. Yeah, so he's. He's he's playing a bunch of the the prevailers with some mercenaries, I think. So a yep. lot and a lot of the factions you can uh, yeah the mercenaries can fight for every, everybody, or you can just do a faction of mercenaries. So yeah, like even with the, within the Dragiri, all the case you can take 150 points of another case. Like really? uh, yeah, so all the sub factions also mix and match to an extent. Um, so really, and 150 points of a sub faction you can get a lot of models in if you wanted to do that. So that's not bad. It's pretty cool. All right, moving on to events. Um, to start off, we have the Drop Fleet, uh, Drop Fleet Escalation League at Mission Fun and Games. It's a five-month-long league. Uh, March 12th will be the kickoff for that. Uh, 500 points, I yep. believe, is the uh, starting off point level. Painting is not required, but you will be mocked. There you go. Just like Mercilessly? that. Um, moderately. Because okay. you don't want to scare people off day one, right? Gotcha. Week three and four? It might be pretty vicious. There you go. Okay. And I believe it's going up 250 points. 250 points per day. There you go. Per month. I was going to say per day is very quick. Per gaming day. 
Yeah, okay. Oh, there you go. Per day in between, though? (laughs) Very serious escalation. (laughs) Well, gaming day in between. (laughs) I'm talking real days. That's what you should play. Yeah, but we're not talking real days. We're talking about fucking spaceships and space. You should get your, your, your real pants on. Not like Dan. Or in my Battletech pants of no pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we that. have... That's not acceptable behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Why is HR calling me? Uh, I hope so my Battletech at work. <laughs> you should. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, like there's officially multiple reasons not to play Battletech at work. <laughs> yep. uh, March 18th is the Target Lock Hunger. It is a food bank event at, in Delta, BC. $20 per player for X-Wing. Uh, and your entry fee gets cheaper the more donations you kick in. Nice. Cool. Uh, again, March 18th is the Tale of Lunk Jade Fist the Simple at the German Club of Edmonton. <laughs> what? It's 1,000 points. It's James. It's James. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That's all you got to say? Yeah, like, it's, it's James. So what else do you need to know? It's a narrative event, uh, $30 per person, 60 bucks a team. Um, there's also the G- GWNG Brawler at the Strathern United Church. They're going to be playing 40K, 30K, Ninth Age, and some Blood Bowl. I think I'm going to bring out my Yanari. And story encounter for that day as well. There you go. Why are you actually? I think I'm going to play my Yanari for the Nice. Uh, also, I just want to say, I was at the club when they were playtesting some scenarios for... Lung Jade Fist, the simple? Yeah, for, for that event. And... It was really cool. They got a bunch of these like sushi boats, so they <laughs> so they have this like, um, and they're they're a perfect size for an army to like a small Aegis League army to fit in. Mm-hmm. And they're working out the rules for like boarding actions and attacking each other and like naval battles for Aegis Sigmar. That's oh, pretty sweet. Look really cool. I like that. Sink Lunk Jade Fist's boat. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, the simple. The simple. May not be the best sailor, and I bet he doesn't know how to swim. I wonder if he's got, like, <laughs> an older brother, Lunk Jade Fist, the older, or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Could be. Maybe. Uh, All the kids are just named Lunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're ogres, man. They're not really simple. original. <laughs> Um, I guess that's why they need all the epithets to mm. tell them apart. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're all just named Lunk. April 8th and 9th is the Blood Diamond Chalice. It is a Blood Bowl event at uh, Red Claw. Uh, it's $40 a person. For the Blood Diamond Chalice? The Blood Diamond Chalice. Don't you want that? That sounds <laughs> morally ambiguous. Yeah. The conflict. Oh, one. the Blood Diamond Chalice. You're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where you have the emphasis there is very important. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there's like... Anyways, yeah. uh, Early registration is $40, uh, $45 for late registration, 24 max spots for the event. Uh, March 25th is the 40K Highlander Tournament at the Fort Gary Legion in Winnipeg. I'd like to go, but I'm not going to. There you go. It's 24 (laughs) spots, uh, 1,500-point armies uh, for that event. Highlander rules, obviously, so... There can be only one! Yeah. Uh, April 28th to 30th is GrotzCon at the Westerner Grounds in Red Deer. They've got some Warm Hordes, some 40K, some Guild Balls, some Infinity going on. And on top of that, there's going to be the three-color minimum painting challenge, or a painting contest, which the rules are up on their page. Oh. You finally have three colors? No. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just what they're calling it, but the two judges are going to be Dallas and I. And the way we're doing this, we still have to figure out exactly what. So I'm open to some suggest- open to suggestions. But if a painter from Edmonton is the one that takes home the the win for like the best in show, yeah, he's gonna have to do something dumb. And if someone in Calgary has the best painted model, 
then I'm going to have to do something dumb. Oh. And if it's someone from outside of Edmonton or Calgary, then both of us have to do something oh. dumb. Okay, so John Wong, it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> but, so this is, we're thinking we're going to make it fun to encourage more people to come out to this, to utilize the painting event at GrotzCon. And then it's going to be on the Saturday, and they're just going to get shmammered in Red Deer. I would totally go down for that, to paint, yeah. I, for just the painting contest. That would be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and... I think I'm probably gonna send you down with some BattleTech models. For you got to be in there in person. You should come down, man. That'd be a lot of fun. Actually, we should we should think about this. Just for the painting contest, like nobody plays games. Maybe one game, not in a tournament. Just drink and drink and <laughs> enter a model in a <laughs> show. Yeah, but it's nice because it it is in Red Deer, so it's right between Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah. Glenn's right there. True. True. So and we can go to the donut mill. True. No, nobody's in <laughs> No, I'll tell you my donut mill story later, and it's really depressing. But oh, okay, this is not good. I love the donut mill. <laughs> so do I. Very good. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, don't pass. worry. It's not get rid of the donut. <laughs> you know you're fired. Right? I was gonna say, don't worry. It's not Swish LA. <laughs> <laughs> this Thanks, one's for Jay. you, Jay. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, I would say that is the greatest story I've ever heard. Yeah, it's if you ever get to meet Jay, ask about Swish. I pretty much just told the entire story, but with chicken. Yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, anyway, so there's going to be the painting contest on the Saturday. There's more info on the GrotzCon website. It's my understanding that it's going to be like single fig, squad, large fig, various those kind of categories. Double check for more info and bring out some models. Um, and then, yeah, it's for the other thing is it sounds like Dallas and I are just going to be hanging out painting. So if you guys have any questions, want to see how something's done, especially if you can let me know ahead of time so I can make sure I can bring down the supplies for that, we're just going to be doing that kind of stuff all day. So, Tom, I have so many questions, cool. but they're not about painting. Oh, Are you still able to answer those? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm just afraid that the public school system has failed you. <laughs> Does this look infected? <laughs> what Ward's question is. I don't even know what that, what that could be. He's talking about like his Warhammer. <laughs> Is it a Sum 41 album or some <laughs> shitty punk band? Yeah, it, does this look affected to you? I, that sounds about right. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, anyway, so we should keep going. And then the last event that I have is May 6th, Mayday. It's a miniature uh, and board game event. Uh, it's happening in St. Albert this year. Uh, they have a full list uh, going up soon, and if you are interested in running an event or a game, uh, contact them. Jonathan is waiting for your call. He wants you to run some games. Cool. There. Hooray! And that's everything. And that is, in fact, a Sum 41 album. <laughs> oh, can, my God. You can, you can rest easy, folks. Mystery solved. Uh, Good. Until next time, this has Those been their Legacy and Sum 41 album. Those are your <laughs> trivia knowledge bits for the day. Fuck it. Talk to you guys next time. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>